Get ready to be encouraged and equipped for the authentic life of victory God has prepared for you. Welcome to Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez. Amy is a devoted wife and mother with a passion for Jesus and a heart for those with shattered lives. She's an inspirational speaker, author, and teacher who humbly bears the scars of a broken life to reveal the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Amy's desire is for you to walk in wholeness and live in victory. Now, here's Amy Elaine Martinez. Hey friends, welcome to Real Victory Radio. I'm your host, Amy Elaine Martinez. And on today's show, we are going to be chatting it up with one of my favorite people in the whole world, Latayan Murphy. And I'm going to let her introduce herself a little bit more in just a minute. But thank you so much for joining us for today's show. Real Victory Radio, as you know, is all about getting real, ready and equipped for an authentic life of real victory. And Latan is one of the most real women that I know, and that is why I invited her back on the show today. We had her on the show early back in November, I think, and you can catch that replay at amyelaine.com. And we would love for you to go check that out. You can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and over at the website, amyelaine.com, where you can catch up on any of the replays and make sure to listen in to that one of Latan and I, because it was one of my favorite interviews. Because she's one of my favorite people. So <laughs> that makes it easy. Latan, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited to do this with you again. I had such a good time at our last um, interview. I really loved our last interview. Latan is the author of Courageous Women of the Bible, Leaving Behind Fear and Insecurity for a Life of Confidence and Freedom. And she has some new news about that book. Can you tell us more about that? Oh, I'm just so humbled and honored that my um, that my book, Courageous Women of the Bible, won the Director's Choice Award and also a Sailor Award, which is um, two of the highest honored awards that there are in the Christian industry. And it was just such a blessing to have my agent, Blythe Daniels, with me there at the night of the awards banquet. So I'm, I'm just praise God for that. Well, y'all sure looked pretty because I saw the pictures and I am so proud of your this award that you were given. And this book was such a meaningful book for me. And we talked about that. If y'all want to hear about that, go listen to our interview because it was such a good one. I loved it. But today we're going to be talking about something else. It's something that's been on Latan's heart and my heart. And she is... I'm going to let her kind of introduce the topic today. Will you do that for me? Oh, this topic is burning a hole in me because it is um, a point of discussion that I've been having with lots of people lately um, about the questioning that we face as believers and how these days the questions seem to be as prevalent as um, people who maybe have never really had exposure to faith in Christ. Um, and so lately, as I was praying about finding real answers that are not just some religious answer or some uh, something that just sounds spiritually driven, that, it, that we are equipped as believers uh, straight from the heart of God to have tangible answers that are well, almost tangible in the sense that they can grab hold of the truths that the Holy Spirit is able to fill us with to answer the hard questions. Because 
um, this all came to me through the study of Genesis and where the uh, serpent meets Eve there at the tree in Genesis chapter 3. And he says, did God really say? And it's Satan's attack literally on God's word. And so then it's, the, it's an attack um, against mankind to create confusion and doubt and um, discouragement and questioning um, truth. And that's where our culture is today. So I was excited when you wanted to talk about this topic. I do. And that topic is we're going to talk about that question and the dangers of buying into the lies of what Satan, when Satan says to us, did God really say that? Did God really say that? Because I think if Satan can get us to question God's goodness or to undermine God's authority, he's won half the battle with us. He has. And if we want to live joyful, hopeful, um, productive lives, we just have to be mindful of the enemy's voice coming against the truth of God and be able to combat that through the power of the word. And one of the things, and even you and I had kind of talked about this being just a great subject for us to address today, it just, I found it so humbling as um, I went back to just the book of John and where John 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And it says, he was with God in the beginning and all things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that had been created. And then it says in verse four of John one, life was in him and that life was the light of men, that his light was the light of men and that light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness does not overcome. And so if we go back to Genesis, where we're talking about you know, here uh, Eve is being tempted. Um, can you see her there in your mind? <laughs> just paint a picture of her, the curiosity. Um, and then the enemy slithers in and he presents this question, you know, really, did, did God really say that you, you couldn't do that? Did God really say? And it's, literally an attack on God's word. It's an attack on the essence of God's existence. And it's, a, it's an attack um, just to undermine the life that God wanted to give mankind. And it was a life that was to be in the spirit where our actual spirit person can be alive in him. And so the enemy was pretty smart and clever and cunning and crafty to slither in and try to present this false truth and put this false truth under a false light, if that makes sense, there at the tree. And it was purposeful, and it was for the purpose of creating this spiritual blackout for mankind. You know, I know I as I went back and read through Genesis one through four and five this week, uh, one chapters one through four, one through five ish, I was struck by so many things right in the beginning. We have Satan coming in and making this accusation and this just ugly 
confusion where what's born of that is shame and fear and hiding and disobedience, which had never been before. When he came in and he just put the little idea into Eve's head, did he really say that? It, it was just one little idea, but what came out of it was so much more because with the action of their disobedience, shame came Fear came. They wanted yes, to hide. Yeah. They wanted to break off relationship with God. They didn't want to be seen. And I, the two things that really struck me about this was that she answers him with the truth that she knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then she mm-hmm. added something to it. She added, mm-hmm. he said, you know, that we are never to touch it or we will die. Yeah, and then even went on, uh, you know, the enemy goes further and says, oh, you know, if you eat it, your eyes are going to be opened and you're going to be like God. Yep. And there's a place in all of us because we're born of this sinful nature that we want to be in charge, don't we? We just want to be in control uh, we want all the answers, and we want them now. I can only speak for myself in my in my sinful nature self. I think we're all yeah. like that, Latan. Mm-hmm. And we get into so much trouble when we allow the enemy to slither into our world and present so many questions against God's absolute truths. And his truths are always out of love for us, not out of being this. God with a gavel in his hand that's a dictator. He's a loving father who wants good for us. He wants us to experience the fullness of his best offering. And his best offering is amazing. You can't even conceive of it, the Bible says. I know. And you know, the thing that I saw also, Latian, was that the first question that God asks back to Eve is, when he comes looking for them, he's like, where are you? Because he longs for that relationship. He mm-hmm. wants the best for us. He wants us to be in a good place with him. And he is mm-hmm. all about, you know, having the relationship with us. They've been walking and talking with him in the garden every day. When he comes mm-hmm. out in the evening, we can, you know, presume that from what the Bible tells us in there. And The first thing he says is, where are you? I mean, he's looking for them. And I love that aspect of God that he always pursues us and he comes looking for us. Mm. Even when we've been, you know, I don't even know what the word would be. Even when we've been tempted and we've fallen into believing what Satan has said, what the enemy has told us, Mm. where we've let him question us. I love that. And I love what that you brought that point out because then over in verse 10 of chapter three, he said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And so I hid. And so we find ourselves in our sin and our shame, as you were talking about running hard from a loving God instead of running to him. And we find ourselves running in shame and hiding from him and turning our face away from him. And that's where we experience this, spiritual blackout, as I called it, the light of God that wants to shine on us, Um, we we just find ourselves in darkness, and then all the depression and all the things that domino after that, falling further into sin, 
falling further away from God's best heart happen, right? Yes. And you know what else? You just talked about this in that John verse where you talked about life. I thought it was so interesting when I looked at the scriptures and I was studying, Adam named his wife Eve. After all this happens, he hasn't named her when all this happens in in the way that it uh, is recorded in the scriptures. He names her after these events happen and he names her Eve. And what does that mean? Life. Isn't that amazing? I love that part. I do too. And I... I love how there's a thread that runs through the entire Bible from yes. Genesis to Revelation that paints a picture of God's grace and mercy, even when we do turn our faces away or even when we listen to the voice of the enemy and his lies and we believe them and take his lies as our ultimate truth. Even then, as you pointed out so beautifully, the Lord clothed them. They had made fig yes. leaves clothing. And they made loincloths for themselves because they their eyes were open to what they had done. And they were ashamed, as you said. But then the Lord made clothes for them that were lasting clothes. He, he knew that was not something that was going to last. He knew that that was not something that was going to truly protect them. And so further in the chapter, we see where the Lord actually made clothing for them, which is so symbolic of him clothing us in his righteousness. Yes, I love that. I saw that too. I'm so glad you saw that. We both saw the same things. I love that. Did you also see that that could possibly, and I I didn't get, have time to study this one out, but that he clothed them with the animal skin. So there had to be a sacrifice. Yes. Representing Jesus. Yes. Sacrifice. He would die in our place. His life for our life. I mean, his, he took on our sin and our shame so that we could be restored to the truth of God's heart so that we could fully walk in the light of his love, as we're talking about from yes. John, mm-hmm. and so that we could experience his truth and his love and his direction in our lives every day unashamedly. Oh, come to him just as we are. And that still today, he wants to clothe us in his righteousness. Mm, That's so beautiful. You know, and the thing that I continued to see was that after he clothed them, he kept them from repeating their sin by not tempting them or having them be tempted to eat from the tree of life, that he closed the garden. He took them out of there. And it really, we see it as a punishment, But I don't think it was. I think it was in his love. He was closing off the garden so that they would not be tempted to eat of that tree of life because then they would have lived forever. And we want to live with him forever, but not in that way. We, I mean, we don't want to just be here on earth forever. We want to be in that place where we have died our earthly life, but we get to live in eternity with him. So I felt like it was a real protection. It was not a punishment. Well, he definitely symbolic. You know, he definitely makes old things new. Yes. And he he puts the past behind us. Yes. And he says, "Behold, I'll do a new thing." Um, and um, you know, Eve represented um, the pureness of God's gift to mankind, mm-hmm. and then, just like us. We we allow the enemy to slither his way in and and taint 
the best human version of goodness that we can have. And, and there's no good in us at all without Christ being at our core. And so here we see the Lord is, is going to do something brand new. Um, but there, there is, there was a price to pay. And then to think that he later sends his son, Jesus, to pay the ultimate sacrifice, as you said, mm-hmm. so that we don't have to pay the price um, in our bodies. We don't have to pay the price in our minds. We don't have to carry the shame in our souls that he wants us to look to him. And he says that if we look to him, our faces will be radiant and never covered with shame and that all things would become new. So we, we learn from our past mistakes and we hope that we face forward. I don't know about you, but I've, I've repeated the same mistakes many times in my life, I'm ashamed to say. And, you know, sometimes the, the bigger lessons in life are just a little harder to learn when we're looking to be our, our own God in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to be like God in that way. Maybe we don't recognize that that's what it is, but it's a way of us trying to be, put ourselves in God's position where we feel like we're in control of our lives and we get to make the decisions and does that make sense at all? Oh, it's, absolutely. It's so One of the powerful. notes that I wrote was that all temptation is to be like God. We don't, may not, we may not think that out loud or be thinking, oh, I want to be like God, but that really is the root of it because we want to be in charge. We want to be in control. And it's all about surrendering that control because his ways are higher and his ways are better than ours. Mm-hmm. And he wants the best for us. That's so good. And I love that we can learn through this word in Genesis and through the word in John that when Satan attacks us, when he makes us question and doubt God's holy word, that it's literally, like we said earlier, an attack on the very existence of God himself. Yeah, and we need to take it as that and defend Mm -hmm. it as that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we can come to him and we can be honest and we can say, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't understand that. Or Lord, I thought I believed this five years ago. And now the world has just moved so far from you and I'm confused. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what's right or what's wrong. Do you ever feel that? Absolutely. I feel that from so many people nowadays, too. And I felt it myself because it's all coming from this this author of confusion, this God of doubtfulness, this God who wants to plant the seed of um, just creating so much havoc within us um, that we don't fully understand God's ways. We, we don't even look for God's ways because we're trying to figure it out ourselves still. Yeah. And he's given us all the answers. You know, one of the things that I tell my kids all the time is God is not a God of confusion. He is not a God of chaos. And when they are confused or when they are, you know, things are really chaotic. I'm like, God's not in that right there. If you're feeling that God's not in that space, he is not a God of confusion. He is not a God of calamity and chaos and all of that. But the enemy is, and I can't, I'm not saying that, that you can always, you know, that's a, a line that is, you know, definitive, but because God is in the storm with us and that kind of thing. But I think that it is so important for us to realize 
the questions and the things that the enemy is throwing at us. And I know that we're going to run out of time today because I can feel it. I'm watching the clock and we don't have that much time left. But we're going to have to have you come back because I want to continue this conversation about this because one of the things that I wrote down in my show notes and just in my study this week for today's show was that one of the ways to combat the enemy's questions is to ask questions back to him. Like, who are you to be lying to me? Who do you think you are to be lying to me? There's some things that we can do to combat the enemy's lies. And I know you have something to say about that. (laughs) The power of the word. Yes. And I I think another way that, uh, you know, I want to talk, I want to have you back and talk about some tips and some practical application things that we can do, because I know that you are such a woman of God that you, and you're powerful and you're courageous and you are, you are so well versed in helping us to know how to combat the enemy. So I know that we're going to, we're going to have to have you back and talk about that. Uh, One of the things that I think that we have to do is to be resolved. We have to know our answer before he comes calling. And the answer boils back to just staying centered in Christ, knowing without a shadow of a doubt that we've made a decision for him and the word of God says that he came to his own and his own people didn't receive him. But he says that to all who will receive him, that he would give the right to be children of God. And that right is not contingent upon us knowing all the answers. It's based on faith and it's faith that makes us righteous. There is no good in any of us, as we said earlier, except um, God, except through Jesus, the son he it is, is the way to the Father's heart. That and is the truth. Latan, yeah, I'm going to have to... What? And to those who will choose to believe in his name. Yes. We're going to have to cut our conversation off right there because I want to have time to pray for the listeners and I want to make sure that we have time to cover them in prayer for combating the lies of the enemy and for answering those hard questions because I think that's something that we all face. I'm going to thank our sponsor real quick and then would you help me pray out the show? Absolutely. All right. Today's show was sponsored by Sonic Inspection Corporation. Sonic Inspection Corporation helps maintain the integrity of commercial buildings. They are a non-invasive commercial fire sprinkler inspection company. And you can find out more about them at 303-308-3000 or on their website, sonicinspection.com. And remember to check out the Victory Movement over on Amy Elaine. We are a listener-supported radio outreach and would love for you to partner with us to keep Real Victory Radio on the air. And so we can have people like Latan Murphy back on the show again and again and again because you are so good. I love it. Uh, would I you pray you for the listeners? Well, I think we have about probably maybe two or three minutes left. Well, I just want to thank you so much for Amy and for this broadcast and what you have appointed for her life and her ministry. And Lord, I just thank you that you are the answer, that you um, are the period at the end of every question mark that we will ever have. And that if we will just look to you and come to you when we don't understand or when the enemy is filling us with doubt and discouragement and big lies, Lord, that affect us and the people we love, 
I ask you, Lord, that you will help every person listening to this broadcast to remember that you are the living word and that you have a fresh word to speak over every person that will call on your name any time of day or night. And we just give you glory and honor, Lord, that you represent us before the Father, that you are there praying and interceding for us, Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord, that we can be so real and so transparent and so full of big questions, Lord, and that you are willing to be our answer. In your holy and precious name, I pray. Oh, Lord, we do pray that in Jesus' name, and we give you all the glory and honor and praise today. I thank you for Latan and her ministry and for courageous women of the Bible, and may that reach so many people. Lord, we give you all the glory and honor and praise, and we ask all of this in your son's powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Latan, it has been such a joy to have you on the show, and I'm going to have to have you back to talk about some practical applications on how we can combat the enemy and how to get those big questions answered. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a joy. Thank you for listening to Real Victory Radio and making us a part of your weekend. We hope you were encouraged and equipped by today's episode of Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez. Please go to amyelaine.com to find out how to receive Amy's resources, including her book, Becoming a Victory Girl. You can also listen to podcasts and see where Amy will be speaking. Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. They depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to amyelaine.com for ways you can partner with Amy in reaching listeners with the power to walk in wholeness and live in victory. Please tune in again next Saturday at 6 a.m. and 4 p.m. for Real Victory Radio with Amy Elaine Martinez.